My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Hello and welcome to the Daily Oz. It's Sam. Welcome to TDA's summer series. I hope you're having a nice couple of weeks over summer, whether you're working, taking some time off, headed to a music festival, or just, you know, hanging out with family and friends. This week, we're going to share more of our favourite deep dives from 2023, from some of our most popular interviews to some stories you might have missed. I guess we're trying to keep you company here over the summer. We'll be back to some regular programming next week. Until then, here is our summer series. Today we have another special interview from TDA's editor, Billy Fitzsimons. She's talking to the Foreign Minister, Penny Wong, about everything from The Voice to the US election and even world peace. Penny Wong, thank you so much for joining The Daily Oz. It's great to be here. You are, of course, the Foreign Minister. There is so much that your portfolio covers. Can you start by just painting us a picture? What is your role? Mm, That's a good question. I think the role of the Foreign Minister is to, I suppose, simply explain Australia to the world and explain the world to Australia. Um, And my job with people who work with me is to help manage Australia's relationship with other countries, with our region and the world, and to have an understanding of how we press for Australia's national interests, that is the things we want and who we are in the world. I want to start with Julian Assange. This month, Australian politicians from across the aisle Mm. travelled to the US to campaign for his Mm. freedom. You've said the case has dragged on for too long. Why is it taking so long to get Assange home? Mm. Well, the Australian government can't uh, change the legal proceedings in another country, just as we wouldn't want or we wouldn't allow another country to change legal proceedings in our country. So ultimately, uh, if there's a way through this, uh, that has to be uh, something the US government and the US Justice Department decide, and Mr Assange has to be part of that. But you can negotiate with them, right? No, it's it's not a political decision. We can do what what we've done, which is we have said publicly and privately, we think it has gone on too long. Are you not pushing harder to bring Assange home because you're worried about how it could impact the US-Australia relationship? No, no. And I think think if things were as easy as just a discussion between politicians, you know, then something might have happened, but they're not. On the topic of the US, it's looking likely that the election Mm. next year will be between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. How do you think your government would work with a Trump administration? Mm. Well, look, we have a relationship between two countries and our relationship with the United States has seen lots of different presidents, but ultimately it's a bigger relationship than any one individual. The last time Donald Trump won power, you were in opposition Mm -hmm. and you said at the time that Australia should essentially put less focus on its relationship with the US Mm. and focus more of its attention on Asia. Will that be your viewpoint if Trump is elected next year? So, you know, we we have the US alliance, but I have spent most of my time since I've become foreign minister in Southeast Asia and the Pacific, because that that is our our neighbourhood, that is our region, and we have to have deep, uh, resilient relationships in our region. 
in a world that's increasingly more challenging and where we're all trying to deal with a whole range of really big and difficult issues. So last time Donald Trump was elected, you said that Australia would, should be at a change point. Mm. Do you not think that that would, be, that would happen this time if Trump was elected? Well, I, I always think it's a bit difficult to look into the future, but the point I was making uh, when I said that is that uh, there were a different policy approach on a whole range of issues and we had we had to be realistic about that. You just said that the world is facing increasingly challenging mm. times and I've heard you say that Australia is currently facing some of the most challenging strategic circumstances since the end mm. of World War Two. Why, Why do I say that? that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, good question. Am I allowed to just give 60, 30 seconds of history? Mm. So we had the worst conflict humanity had ever seen, which was World War Two. And the world came together and the world said, we, we, we never want that to happen again. So the world established the United Nations, the UN Charter, um, uh, and what World War II confirmed was the US as the predominant economic and military power. And that scenario, uh, I'm not saying it's all been plain sailing, but it's been meant a lot of stability in the world since the end of World War II. Well, we face a pretty different world now. We've got um, what we call comp strategic competition, so competition between the US and China. We have climate change. We have uh, the undermining of the UN Charter, for example, with the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, so we're in a world where we have to make our way in much more difficult circumstances than we have had uh, at probably any time since the end of World War II. By using that kind of language, how do you then reassure Australians mm. that we're not on the brink of a really big conflict? I don't ever try to f make people frightened, uh, but I also think in the roles that we have now to make sure we give people an understanding of the, of the world in which we live and explain the choices we're making in that world. But to be clear, that doesn't mean that you think we're on the brink of any conflict of that size? I think, I, I think that we always have to work to assure peace. I think every nation pretty much is saying we want peace. Um, but we've really, got to every work nation? At it. Except for, yeah, I mean, I think I mean, Russia's at war with Ukraine, is it? Uh, North Korea is continuing to test in a pretty provocative manner nuclear weapons. But I, I think most people <laughs> around the world, wouldn't you say, want peace? I think the You would know better than me. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think this is why we've got to push back on what, what's happened in Ukraine. In February, you delivered a speech in London where you spoke about Britain acknowledging its colonial past. Mm. Do you think Australia has confronted its past? That's a good question, and I think part of uh, what you know we we have done over the last twenty years is is um, taken steps to acknowledging that. Uh, and you know, I was part of a government um, led by Kevin Rudd, who apologised to the stolen generation. I remember how hard how hard many people fought against that, but it was an important step for us about looking into the past and recognising what had happened. So yes, we, this is an ongoing project. I don't think of it like there's you sort of cross a line, like you're running a race and you cross a finish line. I think it's a, it's a path, isn't it? It's a journey we walk together. So we've got a long way to go, but we, we're coming a long way. And part of what we are doing with The Voice is to keep, keep walking together. Yeah. Let's talk about The Voice. Mm. If the referendum is not successful, 
How do you think Australia will be perceived on the global stage? Well, Billy, I'm campaigning to win. And if it's not no, successful... you see, I look, <laughs> we are not the only country that is on this journey. Uh, lots of other countries are in the process of or are walking the same journey or similar journey with their first, first peoples. Uh, it's something many countries, a number of countries are doing, and I think it, if we are successful... I think we have a lot to gain by being more united. The question though was about if it's not successful, yes. but are you not ready to think about Well, that I don't, I'm not ready yet? to talk to you about that, am oh. I? <laughs> Noted. <laughs> but don't take it personally. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, now, you're at the forefront of the marriage equality campaign. We're a few weeks out from when Australia is going to vote in the referendum. Mm. How are you feeling now compared to how you felt a few weeks out from the marriage equality mm. vote? Look, I think this is harder in many ways. Why? Because people of your generation on marriage equality, the questions went from, we really need to do this, to why haven't you people done this? I think on First Nations issues, we've got more conversations to have and more understanding to develop within our community about... Uh, our history, about the experience of First Nations people and what we have to do. If you're saying, though, that there's still so much that Australians need to Mm. learn, does that mean that you are feeling less optimistic about this referendum than you were about the marriage equality vote? Oh, we had to learn that too. I just think that, you know, younger Australians got there pretty fast. (laughs) And they're not this referendum? Oh, I think they are now. I hope we win and I believe we can. I want to end on this note. In Mm. your role as foreign minister, you get to see and know things about the world Mm. that we never will. I want you to picture a 12-year-old girl coming up to you Mm. and she asks you... It's my daughter. Well, your daughter coming up to you and asking you, is world peace ever possible? How would you answer that? Yes, but we have to work for it. So you do see a future where there is world peace? I think human beings can always choose our future. I'm not one that believes that there's some sort of determined outcome, but you have to work for it. And that's what I want to do, and it's a great privilege with this job, is I I get the opportunity to do that. Penny Wong, thank you so much for joining The Daily Oz. We really appreciate it. Good to speak with you. Thanks to our Foreign Minister Penny Wong for dropping by the office and sitting down with Billy. If you have any other high-profile politicians you'd like us to chat to, we'd love to have some names nominated and we'll do our best to chase them up for you. We'll be back again in your ears tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.